Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Bill Handel. Gives us great hope that now there will be more equal access to the opportunities and resources in Mexico. And now, here's Bill Handel. Everybody, uh, Monday, as we're in uh, the end of the heat wave, actually, uh, it was a little bit warm uh, on uh, Friday and Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, just a tad. Just a tad. hundred and what? Here, Burbank was, it hit 112, 113. That's yeah. ah, absolutely lovely. You step outside the house, and it was like someone had turned on a hairdryer full blast and aimed it at your face. It was very pleasant. <laughs> but it wasn't the Schwitz. It's going to be hot, but not a schwitz. But it's, today is going to be extra humid. Uh, it is, which yeah. is great for the fires. It is. That helps the fires so Except much. Except they're afraid that we could have some uh, thunder and lightning. Today. Yeah, lightning comes all of a sudden. Lightning is going to ignite the whole of Southern California. This should be in the mountain ranges that they're most concerned about it, but um, we'll be watching it for sure. You know, it used to be uh, one. Uh, it used to be that lightning would, of course, strike, and and uh, wildfires it used to be forest fires, but wildfires would start, and that's part of nature, that you burn whole sections of uh, the plains or whole sections of uh, Southern California. But um, we're stopping that with fighting the wildfires, and uh, when containing them, and that really, I mean, it helps save the homes that are built around there, but it doesn't help in terms of uh, what nature intends. Did you know, little sidebar story, and you probably did know, when it comes to the giant redwood trees, the only time that they actually release the seeds from their pods is when there's a fire. There has to be a major fire going up those trees before those seeds are released. You're looking at me askance. Uh, Not askance. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, it is, and uh, it's which goes to show you that nature wants fires. The trees are so massive they don't burn. Oh, yeah. I see. I mean, they're just the bark will go, but these trees, you know, they're twenty feet across. And, and have you ever noticed when uh, when a fire goes through an area and the tree doesn't burn, but it does release the seeds? They have what they I think they call them tree families or tree circles. Anyway, it'll be like the big mama tree in the middle, and then around her are the seeds that she dropped, and the cir- the, there's like a right. circle of her babies around her. And usually they die uh, because they're not getting enough sunlight. Uh, but occasionally one pokes through. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden you have another giant sequoia, and it is uh, it, it grows to 200 feet or 2,000 feet or a mile and a half up there, whatever they grow. They're big. Like They're Jack big. and the Beanstalk <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really very, very impressive. We planted, uh, when my parents moved into Northridge, uh, just as they uh, we bought the house, it was new, and there was no landscaping, planted a couple of these redwood trees. Oh, man. How'd that go for you? Uh, it went well. I mean, they were huge. The problem with redwood tree roots yes. is uh, if they go in the wrong direction, they can literally lift an entire house up. Is that what happened? No, not at all. Or a fence or no. a neighbor's fence. No, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out just fine. Oh, I mean, they were good. massive. Uh, it was, uh, And one of them or two of them are still there. We had to cut one down to the stump level. and wow. uh, But uh, after cutting it down to the stump, they put in a prosthetic tree. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And good, good morning. morning. Uh, good morning, Wayne. <laughs> Alex. Good morning. And uh, John Ramirez. Good morning. And of course, the biggest story we're covering the great news the Thai rescue. We're going to uh, go more on that.
tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, it'll be 6 o'clock our time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, SCOTUS uh, is uh, the new SCOTUS uh, justice is going to be nominated uh, is going to be nominated with the president doing this in prime time. We'll carry it live here. Right on now, the question is: Does he does he line up all four <gasps> and, and give go, roses? And go, it's, it has and a rose. Go, You're fired to three out of the four. It's like a yeah bad episode of The Bachelor. Versus it? Oh, yeah, or Celebrity Apprentice. Celebrity okay, Apprentice. let's do it, guys. Lead story. Operation, Operation All right, uh, eight boys have been freed. It is extraordinarily good news. Uh, and even though the authorities saying this is incredibly dangerous and they had to do it very quickly, uh, it's uh, turning out to be a great, wonderful story as the world is watching this. Have you seen the diagrams of the actual rescues? So there's one diver in the front. He has a tether. The boy is behind him. But what's fascinating to me is... The the front diver is holding that boy's oxygen tank. So he's got his right arm wrapped around That's the oxygen neat. tank. He's swimming with the left arm. The boy is tethered to him behind him. And then behind them is the second diver. Now, what if he's holding the tank, I mean, the, the diver. Yeah. Uh, and it's parts of it, the passageway are is so narrow. Yeah. I don't quite understand. He, well, uh, he. I mean, you can sort of. Um, I, I, but what they're saying is it can, you can barely see someone squeeze through. But maybe it's a question of narrowness. And not a question of uh, the horizontal he might or the be vertical able to just part hold, of it. Like hold it know. to his chest, you know what well, I mean, to make himself. We'll do a lot more of yeah. that, of course, uh, at 7 o'clock. It's fascinating, though. Absolutely. Another story we're watching. A girl uh, from Lake Balboa was found after a really odd disappearance over the weekend. Yeah, this is a family that you wonder, why? What? They meet some transient at a bus stop. And then suddenly they bring him back to their house and have him start doing odd jobs around the house. And then on Saturday, the girl who's 13 is going with this guy to run an errand of some sort. And then the guy ends up calling and saying, hey, our vehicles broke down. And then the call cuts out in the middle of it. And suddenly he and the girl are gone. It's a a transient. Let's the transient drive off with the daughter. I mean, first of all, what are they doing befriending a tra- transient in the first place? At a bus stop. I don't know if it was Passover when they have the cup of Elijah and they open the front door and go, anybody who is homeless, come in. That's, uh, and by the way, no one, no one ever actually shows up except him. It, I, and they it both had their cell phones sense. were both switched off know, after the call well, I mean, thank cut God. out. He's and gone. She was found at a friend's house. So maybe it wasn't. It could be she. Maybe just it wasn't off. that nefarious. Yeah. Well, that's but it, it. That's but why still, it's it could be. It could be, and we're not hearing anything because uh, she should be able to uh, tell uh, the authorities everything that's happened. She's thirteen, right? Well, uh, crews are working to restore power to LA County residents who lost it because it was too damn hot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think we're we're somewhere between twenty five and thirty thousand people that don't have it. Don't They've have already power restored it heat. to almost I mean, sixty. Tough. So now, does that mean? Look, if if it's limited to ninety thousand customers, given that it was record breaking heat and record breaking demand, that's not bad. It actually speaks well of their grid and I, their. Well, how much of it is? Uh, how many people have solar power? True. Uh, and mm-hmm. are off the grid during uh, the, the 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 bright bright sunshine. So we don't know that. Well, I'm sure that they have the figures. 
Also, whenever we have these stories, of course, there's a silver lining, which is? Your what? power didn't go out. That's absolutely correct. Oh. My power was absolutely fine. So, eh, you know, I mean, still, you know, tough cookies. Now, if it turns out that if I ever lose my power, it is that's all I talk about. Oh, my God. It is a front page. That's a end week of, the of world. programming for absolutely. you. Absolutely. God help us. One, 100%. You power. I think it was time for a break. I think we should. Uh, Jennifer, would you like to pick it up? Handle on, uh, well, handle in the morning with the morning crew. And uh, plenty of great news. Thai rescue. Wow, that's going so well. Are we uh, are we anticipating uh, an announcement of yet more boys rescued during the course of the show? You know, time-wise? I I'm kind of thinking no, only because um, so as part of the process, they have to get more oxygen tanks staged again. So I think what they they got four out yesterday. Sounds like they got four more out today. I'm assuming then that means they'll get four more out tomorrow. But they so. As they go down and get these boys and bring them back out, along the way they have to stop. And they've got, like, little yeah. breathing pockets and blankets. And they've got um, – because not everything is underwater, obviously, right. in the cave. But they also have oxygen tanks where they're switching them out. Yeah. So I bet they have to go – somebody then has to go after they take these boys out, pick up the empty oxygen tanks, put the new ones, the and, full ones, back. And there probably wasn't – they didn't have enough when that tide diver yeah. uh, uh, died because he ran out of oxygen. Also, if um, – if we don't get the boys out or some of the boys out during the course of the show, that's very, very unfortunate for a couple of reasons. They haven't been rescued uh, quickly enough. And number two, if it turns out that they're pulled out during the course of any other show on this uh, on the station, that's very, very upsetting. Okay, let's just... No, it's not. Yes, it is. Handle. You really do have the wisdom, maturity, and perspective of an evolved person, Bill. Especially in the world of uh, radio, don't you think? Very much so. All right. Let's move on. Uh, firefighters made some huge progress in that fire in Santa Barbara County over the weekend. Fire. It's a fall. It's a small fire, but it just but did it a destroyed ton of homes. Yeah, it. What happened was it, it seemed like it erupted and destroyed homes right away, and it, then they got a handle on it. It's right only a hundred acres. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It's not one of those fires that started somewhat in the middle of nowhere. No, it is very close to a major road through Galita Cathedral Oaks. So it started right next to homes. And initially we were told that the fire was headed straight for downtown and uh, UCSB. Yeah, and as of uh, right Well, now, it would have had to jump Cathedral Oaks and then the 101 freeway it, it uh, does, to get but to it does UCSB. Happen. Those, those embers uh, I know. start had, flying. Had the winds picked up as it was predicted? Yep. That, that, I think, was a huge part of the weekend. Right. The winds didn't pick up nearly as much as was, as was predicted. And as the last report, uh, 10 homes have been destroyed, three damaged. And 80% contained. Is, yeah. is, uh, that's the last that's the that last. we've heard. Okay. Yeah. Well, the soldier who was killed in Afghanistan in what they're calling an insider attack has been identified, and uh, he is from Southern California. I'm an American soldier. He was part of a um, unit uh, that advises and bolsters local troops and uh, is critical to our strategy in Afghanistan. And uh, they do this in small teams and then embed. And then you just uh, have uh, these uh, purported Afghani soldiers or police officers that are really terrorists 
that just unload uh, inside uh, a training facility in a, in a building, in a barracks. And a, a, there's no word as to whether the shooter was killed, which I'm assuming that uh, he gets fairly air-conditioned almost immediately right after doing the... Uh, so uh, his name is Army Corporal in. Joseph Maciel of Southgate. Uh, mm-hmm. He was killed. Two other service members were wounded in yep. that attack. Huge story now going on. A woman exposed to military-grade nerve agent in England has died. And it looks like British officials say this is the same type of nerve agent that was used just miles away earlier this year to poison the former Russian spy and his daughter. But they think that this woman, Don Sturgis, and her boyfriend just touched an item that was linked to that spy poisoning back in March. That they miss. Goes to show you, all you need is just a drop of this stuff. It is that deadly. And they're they're being described as homeless. So they're rummaging through uh, trash cans, dumpsters, that sort of thing. And she died already. And he's in critical. Yeah, well, it it turns out that it looks like that the two, uh, the spy and his daughter, who were poisoned, uh, was it, I don't know how many months ago. Well, actually, probably over... Uh, that the fact they survived is more is somewhat of a miracle. Yeah, that it, it was thought they were going to die anyway. The Russia, of course, denies all of it. Their hearts and uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who dies of that uh, Russian nerve agent. And of course, uh, you know, we're going to hear from uh, various sources. The American government, very highly placed sources, believing the Russians. Uh, of course. Uh, Speaking of international diplomacy, Mike Pompeo went to North Korea. He had some meetings Friday night, Saturday morning. According to all reports, they went well. They were cordial. They were relaxed. He leaves, and immediately North Korea puts us on blast. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Calling the talks regrettable, uh, making gangster-like demands in reference to the denuclearization. But then that's always been the problem. What the North's definition is and what our definition of denuclearization is uh, has not been determined and may never be determined. Or when it is, the impasse will, of course, be rock. Uh, It'll be concrete. They'll never be able to chip away at that one. And then the other question is, is North Korea just playing a game here? Uh, Is this part of their negotiations? And it could very well be that when Mike Pompeo left, it was. He did come off saying, you know, we've had some progress here. We're talking, and uh, even though we haven't come close yet, because this is can be considered a long-term negotiation, uh, it, we're moving. And then the, as soon as he walks out the door, the North Koreans blast him. And so we don't know if, uh, if he misunderstood, if he just made it up, uh, if it's simply the North Koreans. I mean, we do know, remember those 200... Uh, remains of soldiers that have already arrived in the United States. Remember what the the president said? Uh, Wrong. That's simply not true. Either he made it up or was told by staff, yes, they're here. And the Pentagon said, what are you talking about? We we don't have have any remains that have come in. And again, uh, I don't think Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been called on that one, has she? Where uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, what? Where a reporter goes? uh, Would you like to tell us where exactly the two hundred remains that have not been brought in are? Uh, Well, that's the president just being optimistic. And see, this is one of those things where uh, what he says is very different than reality. I mean, we you can argue delusional presidency, 
Uh, you can argue it's simply someone who just says stuff that has nothing to do, not delusional, but just what he wants to to say. And then you can argue, and this is what the Republicans are doing, don't pay attention to anything he says. See what he does. This is where actions not only speak louder than words, actions are everything here. The words mean nothing, uh, which seems to be the case, incidentally. Uh, in terms of, uh, for example, sanctions against Russia, my best friend Vladimir Putin, terrific guy. You know what? Sanctions are still there. Nothing has changed. Could it be Same that Same thing he, with NATO. Nothing has changed. Could it be that he's got such a yes-man kind of staff that they they constantly are giving him these optimistic, Maybe, rosy reports? because he wants to hear it. That's what he wants to right. hear. Right, Saddam Hussein, the weapons of mass destruction. There is a, actually a theory out there, and I think it's legitimate, that Saddam Hussein thought he did have uh, WMDs based on what his inner circle uh, wanted. Because you knew he wanted it, therefore we have them. Or what if they even told him, hey, Mr. President, uh, we know that North Korea is uh, preparing to ship those here and they're planning on doing it within the next couple of days. He goes out and blurts it out to the public. Suddenly it doesn't happen. Now it looks like he's got egg on his face, right. but maybe he misinterpreted what was told to him. We don't or know. maybe when he said it. You know, if like if you say, "Hey, uh, Wayne, I'll bring you a pizza tomorrow," it's a done deal, right? right. And it's not. And maybe I go, "Oh, yeah. pizza is here." Right. Really, I should say, "Pizza is as good as here." Yeah, but help. I just say, oh, "Pizza." But it's a question here. of saying yeah. things uh, that just you, you don't mean. For example, this morning, uh, a few stories ago, we were talking about the uh, power outages. Uh, I said, "I really, I'm thrilled that my power was fine. I don't care about anybody else's." What did I mean? Well, exactly that, to be honest with you. Oh. Uh, yeah, why don't we take a break? Jennifer, wow, you're coming back to that? How many more times can we expect you to brag that your power oh, didn't go out? A lot, Jennifer. All right, KFI Handle here. Let's uh, do some more uh, Handle on the news. The big stories, of course, that we're covering. The, the rescue uh, is continuing on in Thailand. So far, great news tonight. Six o'clock, uh, the president's going to announce his nomination. And let's just move on uh, with Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And the United States reportedly has threatened to withdraw military aid and start pushing trade measures to try and weaken a World Health Assembly measure that encouraged breastfeeding. Read this. this has to be a hoax. That, I know. I thought the this same thing. This has to be a hoax in order to protect the dairy industry, actually the baby formula, formula industry. industry right. uh, the United States delegation says if you don't water down not only the breast milk itself, but if you don't water down uh, the push for breastfeeding around the world, we're going to yank, we're gonna yank uh, financial aid. What is that? Really? Well, yeah. this is what to support the um, the baby, baby the formula, formula industry. It doesn't right? make any sense, That's, though. It's it's you're so, on the wrong side it's of, so of medicine and health and bonding and everything. Yeah, it just it's completely ins- it's insane if it's true. But and it's, I, it's a bizarre argument to get involved with. Yeah, very. But who's reporting this? This is Channel Seven, ABC. Yeah. So I it has to be a hoax, but maybe not. Maybe it's legit. And if it's legit, this is just so bizarre and weird. It makes no sense. I mean, and they sourced it from the New York Times. Yeah, go figure. <clears throat> well, California likes to pretend that we're uh, always ahead of the game in everything, and sometimes we are. 
But in this case, we're the last ones to do it. Mass immigration trials. It's been going on for years, especially Texas. They roll people through. Except when you talk about mass immigration, it's five to seven people at the same time. Right. Uh, You do them in groups and you churn them out. Right. And it's one after another. I mean, these immigration judges are being worked to death. They start in the morning and then they just keep on going. And uh, this story uh, coming out of NBC uh, talks about uh, that the hearings last about two hours. I'm surprised they last that long. Well, you do have five to seven defendants, and and some of it you have to go individually with the allocution. Um, so it can, and you have to, everything has to be translated. But here's the thing: they're saying, like in Tucson, a judge might see 75 defendants a day, five to seven at a time. Hearings last two hours. Yeah, it's, four, it's 14 hours. That doesn't even make sense to me because seven at a time, 75, that's 10, let's say it's 10 hearings, two it's hours tw- a hearing. 20, that's 20 hours. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So they have Something's to go. not right they with have the math. To, they, I think it's, the argument is going to be it's as long as two hours. And some you knock out in 10 minutes. I think that's Where right. the, the immigration authority, where the first border patrol announcement is uh, they're not eligible. And uh, the argument is, here's why we are eligible. And then the judge just bounces it, especially since there's no attorneys involved. No, no. These are these are these are these, these do are have criminal it. prosecutions oh, it, for illegal entry that oh, they're then, doing this yeah, way. Then attorneys are involved. Got it. Yeah. Now, right. they're misdemeanors. So it's not, you know, I mean, usually but, uh, it's still, just your rele- it's, you know, time served and and. Go be deported. Or catch and release. Right. Or, yeah, we'll let you go today. We'll let you and go and, and you come back and here's your hearing date. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, about a story. Boy, is this a poster child uh, against the Trump administration? Wow. Uh, this is KFI. Let's. Uh, back we go. Handle the morning crew on a rather auspicious Monday. Uh, and uh, this is a, a, a big, uh, big Monday. We're usually on the weekend. There's not much news. Well, we've got plenty. We've got the Thai rescue story. It's looking very, very good. And tonight we have uh, the president naming his uh, nominee in prime time. Of course, uh, I just I don't think there's ever been a president that has done that uh, ever. This is his M.O. Yeah, that's the true. last time he did it. Prime time. Yeah, that's true. When you figure it. All right, let's go ahead and finish up a handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick and moi. Hey, real quickly. I just got an update. The eight boys that have been rescued from the cave in Thailand. They're going to a hospital to join the other four boys that are there. But then uh, also so that leaves four more boys in their coach down below still. But uh, officials say the rescues are done for the day. Oh, and so they're going to uh, probably now do it tomorrow. Set up uh, yeah. the 10 or 12. Uh, yeah. So Oxygen tank. Wasn't there so like they're a, not, not going to do it during our show. Yeah. Wasn't there about a 10-hour gap between the first round? and Because the, right. they have to recharge all of that equipment. Right. To bring them all in, all the new uh, tanks, et cetera. Yeah. And I understand it's, it's the same rescuers that are doing because they have the experience of doing it. So. Sure. Those guys are not going to be able to pay for a drink or a meal in Thailand probably for the rest of their lives. As well, they should not. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sure. All right. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Handel, this is going to be the poster child for immigration advocates. 
There's a story coming out about a year-old baby who appears in immigration court who starts crying hysterically. Don't you cry no more. Yeah, which is a weird story, but there's two sides of this, literally. Uh, He was granted a voluntary departure order. Obviously, he didn't ask for it. His lawyer did because he was assigned a lawyer. So the government can fly him to Honduras where his father has already been sent. So the lawyer is going to allow the deportation, or in this case, voluntary. He's going to say that on behalf of this little one, I'm volunteering uh, because he has to be uh, reunited with his father. Uh, you could, it, But look at the optics. Oh, yeah. Because he's there alone. Right. I mean, he look has a lawyer, at, but he doesn't look, have look any family. Optics. And uh, the judge had to ask a one-year-old. Or a five-year-old. He had to ask. No, no, no. He had to ask the one-year-old. Also, How every single person must be asked if they understand the proceedings. Can you imagine? And he said, I was embarrassed to have to ask a one-year-old yeah. because, of course, you can't explain it. There's no way to explain right, it unless not. you think a well, one-year-old could learn immigration law. And he asked one five-year-old, how old are you? And the little kid, kid held up five yeah, fingers. five fingers. Okay. Mm. Um... Oh, another one. Mitch McConnell now hounded after coming out of a restaurant in Louisville. And what's interesting about this one is uh, it wasn't just opportunity where like that woman saw Scott Pruitt and said, I'm going to go over. Somebody saw Mitch McConnell go into this restaurant and got on Twitter and said, alert, Mitch McConnell just walked into Bristol on, on Bardstown Road. You want to show up? And a bunch of people, people showed up and were waiting right. for him when he came out. Well, was Maxine Waters, uh, did she send out she the She couldn't get Twitter? there in, in time because she was in California. Okay, here's another one. Another one. This time it's Steve Bannon. I'm doing all right. Oh, I know this story. Trash. Of course you do. It's in Richmond. It's in Richmond. Yeah, Black Swan Books. What's, so it's it just seems like a little small store, right? Yeah, it's reading? one of these old school. They have a lot of antiques in there. and So it's, it's a mom and pop type store. Steve Bannon's in there just right. checking out some books. Even the owner, Nick Cook, says he was just standing there minding in his some, own business. Some woman lays into him. And the book owner says, you have to get out of here uh, or I'm going to call the police. She says no. He calls the police. She leaves. Right. Yeah. And he says, look, this isn't a place, we're a bookshop. We're yeah. all about, you know, tolerating different ideas and opinions and whatever. We don't tolerate that kind of behavior kind right. of thing. Here is a story that's I, almost this, impossible to believe. It's so bad. 92-year-old man visiting the Los Angeles area from Mexico, walking around on the 4th of July, and a woman gets a brick and starts beating him up for With a brick. no reason. And then apparently some guys get in on it as well. But instead of saving him, they start stomping on the old man. They get yep. their part of beating him up. And that could have very well been spontaneous. Apparently, we don't know. she got all worked up just because this elderly man bumped into the little girl that she was with. I don't know if it was her daughter or what. But she gets all fired up about it. Really? To that extent? Yeah, I just There's a racial... Yeah, the hostility component yeah. here because the 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 guy is Latino, and the attackers well, happen right. to be no, 
black. They're black. Oh, oh, I didn't. And know And it's that. in Willowbrook, and there, there are long simmering tensions between Blacks some, and, not all, not even most, no. but some black people and some right. Latino people. Oh, Korean have some Koreans and uh, African Americans. And because have a they're long reporting history. that they were they were saying racial right. stuff to the guys, they beat him up, and he's got a broken cheekbone, two broken ribs, oh. and, uh, ribs, and a bunch of bruising. A former NFL player was arrested near Azusa over the weekend. Probably just for, like, DUI, though, right, Jen? Well, no, maybe he broke into somebody's house, you know, kidnapping, burglary, false imprisonment, violation of his restraining order, you know, maybe a little more. Just crazy stuff. Brandon Browner, they think this was the uh, ex-girlfriend's house. Apparently he even, uh, after he pushes his way into the house or breaks in, he allegedly physically assaults her, threatens to kill her, and then takes off with a Rolex watch. All right, let's move on and finish up the next story. This, All right, this says well, a lot of about politics was going on. I guess his name should be Andres Manuel Lopez uh, Sanders. Yes, <laughs> because the new president of Mexico is uh, is promising to send every young person to college for free. building new high schools and universities. Uh, scholarships for everybody who needs financial help, and not just not just college, high, high school, school as well. They're yes. going to make sure you can uh, get through. Without and having the to government uh, is not planning to increase taxes. So out of it's going to cost their first year's five billion dollars, and then it continues on. And uh, he's just going to make it. up. This is the guy who in grade school ran for president and one on free pizza for everybody in school. Remember those? Yep. An hour extra recess. That's oh, he also, he also wants the government to pay if a company hires an apprentice. The government will pay the salary wow. for that apprentice of as course. well. Oh, yeah. There you are. Uh, just uh, It's uh, 120 pounds in a five-pound bag. All right, guys. Uh, the rescue efforts, what's going on in Thailand, the latest in what we know and that news just continues on and on. And it's a great story so far. We don't get enough of these. KFI AM 640. Handle here on a Monday, July 9th. A little cooler today. Not a whole lot. It's still going to be, uh, it may break 100 here in uh, Burbank. Uh, and it was, uh, what, 113 on Friday or Saturday? I mean, it was just here. insane right here in Burbank. Yeah. Outside the door, 100, 113 degrees. Felt like a hairdryer uh, had been turned on, on on high and then just thrown right in your face. All right, we have that story. Uh, tonight at 6 o'clock our time, the decision, who's going to be the new Supreme Court nominee? And it is uh, going to be, of course, in prime time and the... Radio station KFI is going to carry the announcement live at 6 o'clock. All right. Handle, uh, I've also, real fast, I just learned that the British Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson has resigned. Just yesterday, the UK Brexit Secretary, as they called him, uh, had given his resignation to Prime Minister Theresa May, and apparently her cabinet has been kind of split over how to handle the UK's exit from the European Union, but... For whatever reason, he's out. And I'm sure it has to do with Brexit. Oh, yeah. And how it's being handled. handled and yeah. maybe it's, and we'll know later, is it not going fast enough for him? Uh, is it going in a different direction uh, than he anticipated? It's a lot more complicated because now if uh, uh, Brexit or uh, the European Union was unilateral, it was uh, free trade with uh, everybody. 
within uh, the European Union. It was effectively uh, uh, their NAFTA, where there were no tariffs on everything. So now uh, England gets to negotiate each item from with the European Union. 26,000 different treaties or items are going to have to be negotiated one by one by one. Aha, a little complicated. All right, now uh, let's move on to the best story of the day and over the weekend, and that is uh, the rescue of those uh, 11 Thai kids uh, with the coach uh, in that cave in Thailand. So, uh, Jennifer, first of all, what's the latest? Okay, the latest is eight of the 12 on the team have been rescued. So that leaves four boys and the coach still down in the cave. But it started yesterday morning, five-ish hour time, that we started getting word that the rescues were happening. And what's what they have done is they have sent two divers in to accompany each individual boy. There's a diver at the front He's carrying the boy's oxygen tank in addition to his own oxygen tank on his back. The boy is tethered to him, and then there is an additional diver behind them, so they go out as a trio. The whole process takes about 11 hours because they stop along the way where there are air pockets where they can stop. I understand that they even have blankets staged at some areas, uh, but they have to refill the oxygen tank, so they're dropping off their ones that are empty grabbing new ones from what I understand, and then they keep going on. But I'm sure along the way they're also briefing the boy on what to expect next. And these boys have actually been undergoing diving training for the last few days to prep them for this. But they said essentially the fact that we were all kind of, you know, a little concerned about the fact they don't know how to swim. They said it doesn't matter because right. all the, they're just being pulled along sure. by the lead guy. I was thinking uh, that that didn't make a lot of sense. They don't know how to swim. The other thing that I didn't understand was uh, the announcement that the strongest boys, the healthiest ones, were being taken out first. You would think it'd be the exact opposite. It, I did. I thought the same thing at first. The only thing that I thought was, wait, maybe what they're doing is they're going to take the strongest boys out and see if they can make it easily. If they can easily make it out, then they know that their plan is working. You know what I mean? You don't that necessarily want to make the, the kid who's the weakest go first because he might not be able to make the trip. Then, therefore, they would scrap the trip completely. And uh, there were, uh, from what I understand, these, and this is the latest that we are getting, uh, that the fear, uh, of course, uh, that uh, made them move this quickly was that the monsoon rains have hit, and it was uh, just got off of one of the biggest rainstorms in a long time, hit just a couple of days ago, and the, that sped up the decision that they had to move, and the only alternative at this point was to do the underwater rescue. Now, the very good no news is even though uh, an enormous amount of rain hit the area, the water level did not increase in the caves. Now, whether that's because, and they don't know uh, whether it naturally happens that water levels don't increase that much or the 24-hour pumping of uh, that area, uh, as a matter of fact, stopped the water from increasing. But one of the choices, of course, they had was just to wait it out. And they said that could have been September before they could have gotten those boys. Yeah. And we don't know, in addition to whatever uh, problems they have medically, of course, psychologically, we've been told that they're going to, that they no doubt are going to be suffering from PTSD after sure. having gone what they have. And then what kind of weird, bizarre diseases do you get in underground caves? And we're going to be talking to Jim Keeney at eight o'clock as to what we're looking at. Because Jim, of course, uh, is an expert in this field. As a matter of fact, 
He has some training in diseases out of Thai caves. Uh, he actually wow. has. Wow, that's a, on his card. That huh? is. That's a subspecialty, wow. which you probably didn't even know existed, did you? I, I had no clue. Yeah. Well, but it's it's interesting you say that because these boys, they get you know pulled out of the cave. They take them to the hospital. But these boys are all behind glass. They they can't have any contact with their parents. Well, that makes sense because they don't. No, it's a, it, the fungus. Well, or you know, it, the mushrooms growing on their forearms. Well, that not, may be a problem. Not quite sure that that's the issue, but I think there might be. I hate it when you throw me curves like that. There might be, you know, infection or whatever that they're having to deal with or what whatever they're suffering from that could be compounded by outside germs. You never know. It's a visual. It's big. All right, let's just move on. All right, let's let's do it. Coming up, uh, California is moving away from injunctions, and this is what's that's in direct. Uh, conflict with what the president has said. Oh, how unusual is that? We never have that issue. And I'll explain that when we come back. KFI, let's take a This is, I'm not kidding. He went to go get his Diet Coke. Told you. He just put it down. He's sitting right, down. Yeah, I had to go back and get my Diet Coke. I told. I know. I told him. I said, I know I where it. you are. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's, it happens. It's, oh, people are sort of used to it by now. I've only been doing it for 25 years. Well, you had made it back to the studio, and then you realized you didn't have your Coke with you, yeah, so you I had, had to, to go, go back. back. Yeah, I had to go back. Oh, by the way, just uh, July 9th. Uh, so the 16th, seven, next Monday, it's officially 25 years. No kidding. Uh-huh. The show has been on that morning that this morning show has been around 25 years. Wow. I've, been, I've been sitting here in this chair, going back to my refrigerator and getting Diet Cokes and occasionally, occasionally coming back and starting the show on time. Yeah. 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 Good way okay. to put it. All right, now uh, I want to move right into uh, a, a story about, uh, first of all, the president's claim that California is uh, soft on crime. When he talked about uh, what the, uh, it's mainly illegal aliens and the crime that's going on and the fact that the gangs are coming in like crazy. And uh, he commonly referred to MS-13, the Salvadorian gang, that actually in the United States, started here in Los Angeles and then spread throughout the, next, the rest of the country. And the crimes that are committed by that gang uh, usually is the evidence of the link between crime in general and illegal immigration. However, uh, the reality is, and this is one of those uh, 200 uh, remains have come over from North Korea to the uh, United States, wrong, not true, and the fact that California is uh, more crime than you can ever imagine. As he said, uh, matter of fact, I'm paraphrasing a quote uh, that he said, you've never seen so much crime as a result of what's going on with the immigration than you ever have, especially with these gangs. Well, the reality is it's everything but. The gang violence has dropped dramatically to the point 
where one of uh, the most potent tools that were used against gang violence are injunctions. Injunctions against noted gang members, which said that no more than three can be at any one given point, and they'll be arrested, violating the injunction, even to the point of gang attire, that if you're wearing the baggy clothes... And if you have the tattoos all over you that signify you're a member of a gang, particularly the tattoos, there'll be an injunction against you. And that was a very powerful tool. Well, for the most part, that's going by the wayside. Because as injunctions are being lifted, as more and more courts are saying, you know what, you can't do this. Because the whole point of injunction is a connection that someone has to these gangs. And once an injunction is filed and granted, this person doesn't even the right to come back and say, wait a minute, I'm not part of the gang. Just because I dress like one, I like the bandanas around my head. I like the baggy shorts that are down halfway to my knees. I like all that. Doesn't mean I'm in a gang. Well, that person wasn't even able to make that argument for the most part. And so the gang injunctions are being lifted. To the point where not only the injunctions are being lifted, the authorities call the people that were under the injunctions and tell them, you know, you're not you're no longer under the injunction. Go ahead and knock your socks off or knock your pants off, which they already do for the most part. And so why is that? They haven't figured it out yet. I mean, you never know uh, when uh, the uh, when crime goes down or goes up, I mean, they can feel it's it's wonderful when they go. It has a question to do with the economy. More people uh, that are working, the less gang members there are. I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I don't think there's a causal connection or if it is, there are other factors involved. But what is true is that the number of injunctions have gone down. Uh, Oakland has stopped using them completely in 2015. San Diego County has not sought a new one since 2011. L.A. has just stopped. Now, these were court orders, and it used to be the courts upheld those injunctions. But now it's changed, and law enforcement is rethinking completely how to deal with gang members and getting rid of a tool that for decades was considered a critical weapon in the war against these gangs. I mean, it used to be that a suspected gang member's his or her movement, mainly his, uh, was totally curtailed. Relationships, clothing choices, and the criticism now, and it's true, overly broad, uh, often ensnare people who have a very tenuous connection to gang life. What if you know? What if you have a brother who's a gangbanger and you're not? Does that mean you can't hang with your brother? Uh, It used to be that was the case. Stanislaus County, a court case uh, just ended up. So gang injunctions uh, stopped in late last year. Ventura County halting enforcement against 368 suspected gang members. San Francisco city attorney. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So gang has, gang violence has dropped dramatically. Injunctions are being lifted as a result of that. 
yet, according to the president, crime, gang crime, particularly MS uh, crimes, are to the point where we can't believe it. They're so high, just extraordinarily high. And California is reeling in the number of gang-related crimes. Really? Well, there's hyperbole, and uh, then there's reality. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to talk about that. And that is the issue with NATO and what's hyperbole and what's reality. And if the policy of the president is going is a correct one, which I believe in many cases it is, particularly when it comes to NATO. Uh, is there a reality to the statements? Or is it just the president talking out of his ass, which he does fairly often, but is there a method to the madness? And I think there is, and I'll share that with you when we return. KFI, let's check in. What do you mean? July 9th, uh, the big story we're covering, I mean, the biggest, well, that's not true. One of the biggest is the Thai rescue. Eight of the 12 boys have been successfully rescued. In the next few hours, uh, they're going to be trying again. Or I, Actually, I'm going to go beyond that. They're going to succeed again because this is such extraordinarily good news. And then tonight at 6 o'clock our time, the president announces his nomination for Supreme Court justice. And we're going to carry that live at 6 o'clock. All right. Uh, at the end of the week, uh, the president leaves for actually in a couple of days, the president leaves for uh, Europe where he is uh, going to attend a summit of the NATO leaders. And man, they are sweating bullets because the president is saying some pretty, pretty extraordinary things. The question they have is, is he posturing or is he not? And that has been one of the ways he has been dealing with the rest of the world and told us he was during the course of his campaign. So this is no secret he's doing this. And the issue is, is it working or not? Because he said, I want to keep everybody uh, on the edge of their chairs in terms of what I'm going to do, where it's very, very different than what the uh, former presidents have done here in the United States. So What's going on with NATO is it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which was formed after World War II to uh, defend Europe against the Soviet Union as against any attack the Soviet Union would, in fact, do upon Europe. In the midst of the Cold War, I mean, it got close a few times. So NATO was created uh, to do exactly that, and it's European countries with the United States that then create this uh, armed force, this army, if you will, that is that trains, uh, that anticipates, and is there to defend Europe against the Soviet attack. And then out as a result of that, uh, the Russians created the Warsaw Pact, and you had the two, the Western uh, world, and then you had Russia, it was considered the East, and they were sitting there, watching each other and having atomic weapons and 2,000 tanks and huge armies. Well, one of uh, the premises of NATO is that everybody pays their fair share, at least 2% of their GDP. And nobody has except the United States. The United States has maintained its promise. Everybody else, and this is a treaty, everybody else 
in fact, is abrogated in the sense of not paying their money. And uh, the president is saying that's enough of that crap. I think there's another reason involved, too, where uh, the president is uh, it is in establishing his position. And that is there was genuine fear of Russia for so many years. And because of that, the United States didn't really care whether people were paying in or not. I mean, it was important, but it was way, way down the food chain. And it was... It was far more important that we maintain our military might, or NATO does, uh, than it was the who's paying what. Well, two things are going on now. Thing number one is that Russia is no longer a threat to this president. As a matter of fact, the more Russia does, for example, annex Crimea, the less the, our president thinks there's something wrong with Russia. I mean, he thinks Vladimir Putin is a good guy, which means, therefore, the threat is no big deal anymore. Although, if you ask the NATO leaders, they're going, wait a minute. Uh, We do not want this to disappear. And for the first time, based on what the president is saying, they're scared that NATO is going to dissolve. And so it's real simple. President is going there saying, hey, guys, either you pay your fair share or we are, he's not arguing dissolving it, or we are going to simply yank our commitment. That's all. We're simply not going to spend the kind of money we have, and you guys are going to be effectively on your own. Thank you very much. Well, here again, is the president posturing, or does he really believe it? Up to this point, other than the tariffs, and other than NAFTA, which is tariff issues, the uh, president has said a lot, but he, but nothing has really changed. It's about the same. And so is it the president posturing? In many cases, does. This is a man who uses hyperbole, who says what he would like to have happen, and the underlying issue is what really has changed. Matter of fact, uh, this week on Meet the Press, I forget which senator it was, when Chuck Todd said, but look what the president has said. Do you have an issue with this? And the senator says, ignore what he says. Look at what he does. Acknowledging that uh, President Trump will say anything. And in this case, he is saying, which I think is legitimate to NATO, hey, guys, you have to pay what you promised to pay, and you haven't paid since NATO was established. You're a bunch of flakes, and it's time for us to, to literally deal with your flakiness. And we're going to make in, we're going to have a coming home to Jesus meeting. And that's coming up July 11th and 12th. And so is he right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Is there a real threat there? I don't think so, particularly. However, they don't know that. And already they're scrambling to come up to pay their share. I mean, they're all going, oh, yeah, 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 we'll pay. We'll pay. No question about it. And that's moving up. Either they've actually done it. I think that's four countries out of NATO. Another eight, I think, say we'll do it by 2022, which I don't understand why you can't do it tomorrow afternoon, but so be it. You have budgets to deal with. I get it. Uh, And you're going to see more and more fall into place. And in the end, we're going to say, you know what? We now have a fairly even playing field where we promised, you promised, 
and you're a bunch of liars, and we're now going to make it all happen just the way it was planned. All right, let's move on uh, in terms of our shopping. Things are changing so dramatically while we watch history changing in front of us, and shopping is one of the big, big issues. I'll be back with that. This is KFI. Somebody's got you here on a uh, Monday morning, July 9th. The big stories that we are covering, two of the big, big ones are the Thai Rescue. Eight out of the 12 uh, boys and the single coach uh, have been rescued, and it's going to be a few hours before the next four are going to be brought out. They seem to be doing it four at a time, and it uh, looks, you know, if eight are down, then we're talking about one more rescue attempt, and then it is over which is very, very exciting. And then tonight at 6 o'clock our time, the president announces his pick, and we will be carrying that announcement at 6 o'clock. And I've got a couple things to say about that, which we're going to do at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, that is uh, mechanically what's going to happen with this. Uh, I'm just fascinated by how all of this works and traditionally what any president does And so I'm going to share that up at 9 o'clock. That should be fun. All right, now uh, let's move to something a little bit different and a little bit lighter. And how are we going to shop in the years to come? Well, we're already in the middle of turning it around to the point where uh, brick-and-mortar stores, as I've said before, are not going to be shopping places. What they're going to be doing is they're going to simply be – Basically, storefronts that are, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I'm trying to think. My, the, I'm trying, there's a word there I'm trying to think of, and that is uh, centers where you just look, like a showroom. What, kind showroom. Of thing. That's it. Thank you very much. I blanked for the for a moment. Uh, it's going to be. They're going to be showrooms because even clothes now. There's going to be technology where you take uh, a wand, connect to your computer, and you simply run it over your body. And then the computer figures out what your clothing size is. Oh, yeah. It can tell your measurements. Yeah, exactly. For you and so you're done. You don't have to try anything on. Uh, you pick it. So that is going to change completely. Uh, certainly, the way we're buying hard goods has changed. As I've said many times, uh, Marjorie buys on the internet virtually everything. There's two places where she shops the internet and Costco. And that's it. Because she hasn't yet gotten to home delivery, which she will. Uh, although she enjoys going to Costco and saying hello to everybody and standing in line and uh, dealing with it. She loves getting into conversations with people. I, I don't know why she likes people, which I don't, I've never understood. And so that part is changing dramatically. And so what has what, what is going to stay? Well, it's hard to eat over... Uh, Uh, over the internet, except delivery. Even restaurants are going to change where you're going to see many restaurants that aren't going to be sit-down restaurants. There'll always be some, but they'll probably be the high end with the ambience going on where you're dealing with world-class chefs. But if you're talking about fast food, medium fast food, casual restaurants, it's all going to be home delivery. I mean, it already is with uh, pizza. I mean, pizza's always been delivered. I mean, how many times have you gone to a pizza restaurant? A few, but relative to the delivery, please. And so you're going to see food being delivered, 
more and more and more to where restaurants will be like brick and mortar stores. They're going to disappear. So how do these stores, how do these big malls deal with it? They become Disneyland. That's what they do. They become interactive, fun places to go. That is the future where malls are figuring out that anything to get people into the stores or in terms of the mall itself is it becomes a theme park. Uh, There is a mall coming up and that's uh, near uh, and uh, there's a mall coming up. American Dream in Miami is going to include an indoor ski slope, an ice climbing wall, a submarine lake like a submarine ride at Disneyland. See, that you can't do over the Internet. Those are real-life experiences. As of last year, the end of last year, 7,000 U.S. stores announced closures. Uh, Even the big Ralph Lauren store in New York, its showcase store, closed down. I mean, what does that tell you? Well, first of all, it also tells you that uh, space on... uh, uh, major Broadway on Broadway or Park Avenue is or Fifth Street uh, or Fifth Avenue uh, runs about uh, uh, $12 per square inch uh, per month. So it's uh, pretty expensive. So they're finding out that none of it has seemed to work or it's disappearing. So it's not going to be too. Oh, and then you have your 20 year leases, your 30 year leases. Those are disappearing. And based on Mall of America owned by Triple Five. They're dealing uh, with a new mall. They're going to be building a mega mall in Miami. They figure it's going to draw 30 million visitors a year. That's major theme park populations. And uh, they're going to do what no one else has done. They're going to have a food hall. But you talk about a food hall, it'll include a kosher food hall. Oh, come on, really? Just the amount of uh, hair coming from the payas and the beards are going to destroy all the food. I mean, just think of that. It'll just be sprinkling down uh, all the, the hairs. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to see there's a mall, and uh, I'm going to visit it uh, this summer in uh, Dubai, in which it's an in. Now, Dubai is 134 degrees in the summer, and I'm going to be going in the summer. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be skiing in an indoor mall. You're going to do that. I'm not probably going to ski, but I'm certainly going to watch it. Uh, but I'm going to go to that you mall. Try. I know. Can you imagine that this is where it's come to? So it's pretty hard to ski when it's 134 degrees outside without actually going to the uh, without actually going to the venue, and it's indoors. That's where retail stores are going. Is that you make it. So inviting, so interactive. Well, they become theme parks, and hopefully you buy something. Or maybe you don't even have brick and mortar. You have showrooms in there, and you can't buy anything there unless they have kiosks, maybe, as you go into the showroom. So that's it, you don't actually point to something and say, I'll take that, and uh, you then put it in the back of the truck or the back of your car. You uh, rent a pickup truck. Of course, it gets delivered, but it's all ordered right there. So the stores themselves become kiosks and ordering places. I mean, that's all the wave of the future. And what Marjorie does is she'll see something she likes. She'll order it in three different sizes and four different colors. 
and she'll pick, you do the same thing. Oh my god, I totally do the same thing. And she'll just pick which one she likes, and all the rest of it go back. I do that too because it's all free shipping. Yeah, I mean we get we get just literally boxes of stuff every day. I was just looking at my uh, Amazon as you were talking about that. I thought, how many things have I really ordered over the last six months? You know how they give you the number? 82. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is. But it's easy. It's convenient. You try them on. It's your changing room inside your house. Yeah. So it makes it easier. All right. uh, Coming up, medical issues that the Thai boys are going through. Dr. Jim is going to share that with us. What are they looking at? Why are they being quarantined? This is KFI AM 640. Monday morning, July 9th. Uh, what I want to do is switch topics because we have not been able to get uh, Dr. Jim Keeney on the issue of uh, what kind of fun fungal diseases the boys uh, in Thailand have. Just the medical issues involved, which has become a big story in and of itself, which is great because it's a story of uh, their survival and then what happens now as opposed to uh, a recovery effort. So, uh, let's move into uh, North Korea and what is going on with the recovery of human remains in North Korea. And there's a lot more to it than just North Korea has these remains and they're now going to be returned to the United States. And they have, over the years, returned some remains. The numbers are actually far, far higher than you would imagine. We're talking in, uh, well, they have 7,500 Soldiers that have died in North Korea, of which we're talking about American soldiers, of which uh, we don't know if the remains exist or not, if North Korea is holding on to them or not. And North Korea has uh, historically used them as a pawn. Now, at the summit last month, uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un committed to recovering more American remains, including the immediate reparation of those already identified. And if you heard the president saying 200 sets of remains not only will be returned, but are being returned, quote, they're on their way. They're arriving. Uh, Wrong. They're not. They haven't been sent out from North Korea. And so that's a whole issue. Did the president think they were? Did he just say they were? Uh, was he given bad information? Uh, was it just, does he just want it to happen? And the president has no problem telling us what he wants is fact, when in fact, that's not the fact. So we're uh, looking at, uh, historically, uh, the North Korean used the remains as bait. So uh, the Pentagon is estimating 7,700 U.S. troops. Uh, including 5,300 that have been killed north of the 38th par- parallel. And you would, th- did you know those were that kind of numbers? I thought there were just a few hundred. I thought the North Koreans had sort of the last 200. Oh, no. Uh, there are almost 8,000 of those. And here's another complication. Not only the North Korean using this as bait, and you'll see this as part of the negotiation, it's also been complicated by money. The U for the 629 or 630 sets of remains that have been sent back since 1990, 
the U.S. government has paid North Korea $22 million. Not for the remains, mind you. It's a reimbursement for the costs of the recovery. Because we're not going to pay North Korea ransom for remains of uh, our service people. It's just a recovery fee because we're not going to buy those. All right. So here's what happens. Once recovered, the remains are transported to a laboratory in Hawaii uh, at the Pearl Harbor base. There is a specific agency that deals with this. It focuses on recovering prisoners of war. That's still happening. And uh, testing remains to see if uh, to confirm who they are and uh, where which family they're connected to. And here is the other problem what North Korea has uh, a habit of doing. You talk about a vicious, just crazy, depraved administration regime. They mix human remains with animal bones. And when they ship them back, that has to be separated out. I mean, isn't that special? And in 2011, there was some serious negotiating parameters that were set up. This is during the, uh, the Obama administration, where U.S. military teams would travel alongside North Korean representatives at the site where the U.S. military suffered significant big-time fatalities. And the Pentagon announced that plan in January of 2012. Let's move forward. But that mission was scuttled because there were some suggestions for North Korea about the safety of U.S. troops in North Korea. Really? Come on. And uh, also the issue of Otto Warmbier. That was a big problem. Oh, they returned Waddle, uh, Otto Warmbier. They had, we had no problem getting him back after a year of negotiations. Just look what happened. All right. Have we reached uh, Dr. Jim? All right. Coming up next, Dr. Jim is joining us. And uh, we're going to go through what those Thai boys are looking at medically. And so we'll return. First, uh, General. This is not a hospital. It's an insane asylum. It's your fault! Well, all the more reason why you should be my neurosurgeon on call. You could make such a difference. I can't work in your butcher's shop. You call me Dr. Jones! Oh, okay. Dr. Jones? Dr. Jones? All right. Uh, Monday, July 9th. Handle here in the morning crew. The big stories, uh, the Thai rescue, which can talk to Dr. Jim in a moment. Uh, good news and then some issues Tonight at 6 o'clock, our time, the president is going to announce uh, who his uh, nominee is. And then uh, coming up at 9 after Handle on the News, I want to spend a few minutes talking uh, just about the procedural aspects, which are fascinating. What the hell's going on? And uh, the four choices of which, well, uh, some are ahead of others, and I'll talk about that. All right, now, uh, Dr. Jim Keeney is with us. Uh, good morning, Jim. Morning, Bill. All right, uh, around the water cooler... Uh, with the other docs you've been talking to, uh, has there been some discussion of uh, what's going on medically with uh, those uh, 11 boys and their coach and what's going to happen with them after they come out, which it looks like they all will? Sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, especially with the, the heat in our area, the whole environmental medical care has been a topic of discussion. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think with those kids, you, when we talk about rescues and, and people in, in these kind of, uh, you know, natural environments, we think about, you know, the big, the big four things are air, water, food. They say you can go three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food, and three months without love. So, you know, it, know it sounds the, like the love part. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It means that basically if you're alone in the wilderness, uh, about three months is the mark where you start going a little nutty because you're alone and you have nobody to talk to. And you start making friends with, you know, soccer balls that you draw faces. All right. We know the water part is uh, that's not an issue because they've been drinking water from uh, the stalactites. There's more water there and they know what to do with. That's one of their problems. Uh, but right. let's start just with the mineral water coming down. Uh, isn't that isn't there some issue about the health uh, or the quality of the water? Just that. Sure. I mean, first of all, you got uh, other animals uh, living in that cave, and so you know their excrement and their urine, and that's all going to be uh, in that water. So especially with bats and with rodents, you have things like hantavirus, you have leptospirosis, all these weird diseases that, that may not manifest right away. So it, it may take a while before we see those. I think that's what they're talking about when they're saying they're going to put these kids under quarantine, where most of them are going to do fine. If they don't get any of these diseases, they're going to be great in no time. But that's the kind of thing they're looking for. Um, in the water, also with the minerals, I mean, your kidneys can only process so much. That's why we don't drink salt water, for example you know, and, and survive off that. Um, and so it could create problems where, you know, your kidneys shut down if you're in there long enough, you know, especially after a couple of weeks of drinking water that may contain too many minerals for your body to process. Mm. Now, you were uh, talking about uh, the uh, the couple weeks uh, without food. That's one thing. And that doesn't seem to be a big problem because they were only in there or they're going to be in there 11 days. Uh, and then the issue of uh, when certain, uh, if they have these diseases, ailments, it's going to show up uh, days afterwards, maybe weeks. I mean, literally the point where they don't know it until mushrooms start growing in their lungs. I mean, are we, yeah, are we yeah. talking about that issue? Exactly. So, I mean, those are the delayed, much less common. So, I mean, the reason I ran through those things, air, food, water, because they have all those. They even have the love part. They have a group that they're there with together. So they're really doing very well as far as, you know, someone is stranded in a, in a place where they, they need to be rescued. The big concern was air. And the oxygen level apparently is dropping down as low as 15%, which for young, healthy individuals, that's like, you know, mountain climbing. And if it's dropping down slowly, their body will adjust, and they'll actually do okay with that. Carbon monoxide uh, is, or carbon dioxide, the air you breathe out, the foul air, that's a bigger problem because it makes you sleepy and, and makes you make poor decisions. And so if that's building up and you have no way to scrub that out of the air, uh, that can be a problem. Um, but, you know, basically, uh, you know, the, the infectious disease part of this, that, that's going to be very rare, but possible long-term afterwards. Yeah, you brought up something that uh, I haven't thought of that we have not been hearing, and that is that uh, these boys and the soccer coach uh, are relatively in good shape to begin with. I mean, they're soccer players. Uh, yeah, and, so, and they're young. Uh, so, I mean, even the, the 25-year-old coach is probably at the height of his uh, of his physical health that he will be in his entire life. Uh, so right. uh, can you talk if, about this? Can, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if they can get these kids out without, you know, without a catastrophe happening, like them getting caught in the water and drowning, 
Um, I think they're going to do great. They're going to do really well. I mean, we got kids in Haiti that were buried for, we, we had the twins that were buried for two weeks uh, with their mother under the rubble. Uh, they were about 18 months old and uh, somehow survived under rubble for longer than anybody thought they could survive. And they were fine. I mean, within a few days, they were playing and, and uh, crawling around. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Even the kids who lost limbs after being uh, trapped under rubble for days or, or, you know, for a few days were up and about playing soccer a month later. All right. So they do well. Great. Jim, thank you. Uh, Dr. Jim Keeney, Chief of Staff-Elect at Mission Hospital in Orange County. Jim, take care and thank, as always, for uh, your help on this stuff. Anytime. All right. Uh, coming up, Handle on the News Late Edition and then uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, uh, the SCOTUS choice. Uh, when? 6 o'clock tonight. How? Uh, can't wait to dive into that one. And just, you know, what What do you physically do uh, when un- under these circumstances? I want to share those questions with you. This is KFI. There's- Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News. I find Bill sexually attractive. Something about his voice, I guess. I don't know. I guess something. And now, here's Bill Handel. All right. It is a Monday, July 9th, a rather momentous day today. Uh, The Thai rescue story and uh, the next several hours. It's going to look like uh, certainly over the next 10, 12 hours. The last of uh, the boys and the coach will, will I'm telling you right now, will be rescued. All right. And then um, the uh, SCOTUS decision tonight at 6 o'clock. The president is going to announce his nominee. I'll be talking about that at 9 o'clock. Some great questions uh, that are going on. Just some fun, fun questions. Other than Roe v. Wade is going to be uh, totally overturned. And uh, it will be mandatory for everybody to carry a gun in the United States starting at the age of 7. So we'll... Uh, talk uh we have plenty to talk about but right now it's handle on the law excuse me uh that i'm still thinking of supreme court justice handle on the news late edition jennifer jones lee wayne resnick and me lead story operation operation rescue the human the thai cave rescue operation and uh they have uh, held it off because they're now uh resupplying the air tanks along the entire route Two and a half miles uh, from where the boys are till the end uh, or the opening of the cave. And so far, eight have been successfully rescued with uh, almost no issue in terms of uh, complications. Gee, it was close. We had a problem. None of that. And uh, the pan- uh, the fear of the boys panicking uh, seems to have disappeared, seems to have has, uh, disappeared. And a lot of it is because uh, Jennifer was explaining earlier today There is a diver in front and behind uh, each of the boys as they uh, traverse this uh, area. Uh, And the tanks are being held by one of the divers, so the boys have nothing on them except uh, I think they're rubber-suited. I'm sure that they uh, have uh, the the suits on, cold water suits, and uh, the, the mask on it. And they're holding also onto string or ropes. So, I mean, so far they've done a pretty good job. And assuming that all everybody gets out tomorrow, I am going to say to you and Han, uh, to you and Wayne, I told you so. Yeah, which so is- just know it's coming because there's something you guys made fun of me about terribly, 
And we always make fun I, of you every day. True, so what true. is it? What is different about this one? I'm just going to tell you that there was some incentive. That's all I'm going to say. I don't remember what we did. Uh-huh. Either. See, you make fun of me so, so often. Why, why is this night different from all other nights? Well, because I finally get with, to say I told with, you so. With Jennifer, it's not. All right. We're going to carry this live at 6 o'clock tonight. The president is expected to unveil his Supreme Court nominee. Come Monday night, the day of work is done. And coming up 9 o'clock, uh, we're going to get into a discussion. The fun part of this. Just the sheer fun part of uh, the nomination. Not so much for Planned Parenthood. They're not very thrilled about this. But uh, we're going to have a good time with this coming up at 9 o'clock with uh, the Supreme Court nomination. Well, uh, the ACLU says the Trump administration is not going to meet a court-ordered deadline to reunite young children with their parents. In fact, they say uh, they will probably miss the mark on more than half of the cases. I don't think it's a very big story if the administration can prove to the judge we have done, after you issued the order, we have done everything reasonable to make it move on. It's going to take us another month and a half because pigs can't fly. So it's simply a question of here's what we've done. And unless the administration has just sort of left it alone and not jumped on it, the judge, of course, is going to say, okay, you have another month, you have another two months, however long it's going to take. Yeah, there's a hearing uh, this morning yeah. in front of that judge to see what they're going to do. There's a UCLA, UCLA study that I'm sure immigration advocates are going to be using that talks about trauma suffered in childhood echoes across generations. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get this. I really don't. Uh, they're talking about uh, separating kids from uh, their parents and the trauma that it causes. Yeah, so does divorce. So do traffic accidents. So do so does uh, being beat up by your parents. So does living in poverty. I mean, all of that is traumatic for kids. So I don't see how much more of trauma it is, uh, a 5 or 10 or 15-day separation. I'm not saying that it isn't traumatic, but how about your parents getting divorced? How about one of your parents dying? You think that is that would be a little bit more traumatic? So I kind of, eh, you know, it's just, uh, that's a stretch for me. Boris Johnson. We'll take a break. Oh. And uh, we'll talk Good, about- because guess what? Boris Johnson, there were all these headlines about how Boris Johnson used a four-letter word and, and profanity talking about Theresa May over oh, there. Which is the Brexit thing, oh, yeah. right? Oh. No, and I was like, oh, my God, right. what did he say? Right. Wait till you hear what he said. Right, and uh, obviously, uh, Wayne... Uh, whenever I say let's take a break in Wayne language, that means let's spend another four minutes describing well, what's coming up. Well, you've gone late three I minutes under- twice, so I thought everybody should get in on the action. Well said. All right, handle here and uh, the morning crew. Uh, the big stories that we are covering, of course, the Thai rescue story. Uh, so by this evening, all of uh, the boys in that soccer coach should be out. And um, Jennifer, you were saying that you are going to give us an episode of I Told You So. Yep. All right. You want to share that now? Remember when you guys made fun of me for saying that I thought... Do you not want to wait to do this until the rest of the boys and the coach have gotten out of there? That'll be tomorrow. Oh. Well, at least eight of them. Right. 
are can uh, uphold this. Anyway, remember how you were giving me a hard time when I said I thought it was a kind gesture or a good thing for them to know that FIFA had offered them and their families all trips oh, to the World Cup oh, if yeah, they got yeah. out safely. So they're going to go. Uh-huh. And I know you guys were thinking she is stupid Sally Sunshine, and I was thinking you guys were Debbie Downers. Sally Sunshine wins. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. Yep. Wow. Yep. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. I don't even. Are those people on the uh, company directory that you just mentioned? Because. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, finish up. Handle. She is on... right. We did mercilessly we did. make fun we of did. her. We ripped it. <laughs> That's true. All right. Now we go back to handle on the news late edition. Boris Johnson has resigned as foreign secretary, but not before he apparently said something unbelievably profane. Take this job and shove it. <laughs> they are fighting, of course, about how to Brexit. Right. Theresa and May. so Boris Johnson said something, and there were all these headlines about this terrible, terrible thing that he said that it was so profane. And I and, and then I noticed the article wasn't saying what it was until down at the bottom. This is all he said. He said trying to sell Theresa May's plan would be like polishing a turd. <gasps> That's not a super terrible, no. profane yeah, thing. No, it's, uh, well, but it's, you have a foreign minister saying that, and somehow that becomes a big deal. But it all has to do with uh, the fact that Theresa May wants to do this slowly, and uh, Boris Johnson wants to do it now. Let's bail out. Also, he has tremendous hair. You yes, I will miss his brother Theodore hair. I know. And he, <laughs> was, the, he, he was the mayor of London, too. Did you know that? Yeah. Former mayor of London. All right. We talked earlier about the nerve agent that killed the former Russian spy and his daughter had claimed another life, a woman who had been exposed to the nerve agent. Well, a police officer who thought he came in contact with that nerve agent has been given the all clear. Ah, thank goodness. Everything was fine, fine, fine. Yep, did good. you... you- did you say that the na- the nerve agent killed the former yes, Soviet the woman, spy? the woman has already been killed. No, 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 but Jen, did you say the nerve agent nearly killed? Kill- oh, nearly, nearly. Killed. okay. Thanks. Nearly yeah. killed a cop. All right. All right. Um, well, Harvey Weinstein went to court, pleaded not guilty, and was released on bail. Yeah, he is in such trouble. And his lawyer said, we're going to fight these battles one day at a time, and today we won this round. Why? Because he got bail? Because he got he bail. Made bail. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, he does face uh, life in prison now. Yeah, he's going so down. Oh, yeah, he's going may- down. Maybe it him. is a victory that what they is got it? him bail. 75 women have come forward. I mean, it's just now yeah. it gets ridiculous. I don't understand this next story. A pistol-packing waitress pulls a gun from her apron when a man attacked her co-worker. What don't you understand? I don't get this part. So the woman, the guy, the guy's mad that his food's taking too long. So he starts yelling, and the woman basically tells him, you know, hold on, we're getting it as fast as we can. He comes around the counter, punches her coworker. This waitress grabs a gun from her uh, apron, which she has a concealed carry permit, just holds it at the guy. The guy immediately retreats, but the woman quits. Why did she quit? She quit what? It says that she quit. The waitress who pulled the gun quit that night. The waitress who got attacked got a concussion but was able to return to work. Why would she quit? Who the hell knows? Maybe the trauma of actually having to pull a gun on someone, didn't want to work at a place that where that occurred. Yeah, maybe she said, maybe the clientele around here is not yeah, all right. that. I'll work uh, somewhere this, else. Tell me that this these stories aren't poster children for uh, that everybody should have a gun story. Uh, because she could have very well saved, uh, well, if not the life of this waitress, but certainly from serious harm. Uh, guess what? Women owe almost twice as much student loan debt as men. Yeah. And they don't make as much money as men. 
So they're doubly screwed when it comes. I mean, this is uh, this is one of those stories where this parody business uh, is uh, this is a blatant story of the non-parody between men and women. Uh, yeah, but there's a silver lining to this story. To the student loan story? Yeah. Which is what? I don't have a That your loan. air conditioning didn't go out? That is, that, that's good, too. Oh, here, talking about Speaking it. Air, of, yes. Oh, this is awful. So the company, the power company in New Jersey, P-S-E-N-G, apparently cut off the home, or cut off the power to a woman's home in New Jersey, and she died. All I need is the Even though she paid $500 to her account days before. Now, although I, we don't know how much they owed. Right, that's one. And whether they received it, if it was days before and hadn't processed it yet. Although none of that should matter if the utility knew but here is, that she required this know, oxygen But tank. here is, and I was thinking about this story and saying, let's expand this story and look at all the possibilities. Number one is they were told that she is on oxygen, right? Uh, is if, you, if everybody knew, all you have to do is say, I'm on oxygen, uh, you've bought yourself another few days of utility. And how does the utility company know whether they're just coming up with an excuse, right? Which tell me that utility companies don't get excuses or any uh, phone companies don't get nothing but excuses. Uh, so it's it's not that easy a conversation uh, to have. And so which way do they go? Do they simply say anybody who makes that claim, we're going to allow electricity to uh we're not going to cut it off for uh, until the heat wave is over or the other side of the coin if uh you've got a cold snap uh do you do that well and, if you require this oxygen tank you can never cut it off as long as true. that person lives in that home that's correct and uh, but the company you, says it didn't know the family says it notified them they said they didn't know so out of this comes a policy hopefully that as soon as uh someone gets oxygen at home a copy of the medical record goes to the utilities, both for phone and for power, and that. Would, and then those accounts are flagged as do not do not cut, cut off. Service. Yeah, that's the answer to good this idea. one. All right, uh, coming up, the uh, SCOTUS choice. Oh, we're gonna have a good time with this one. Just some questions as to what's not going on. Not only what's going on tonight, what's going on right now, and this is fun stuff. KFI AM six forty. Cause girls like you It's Handle in the Morning Crew on a uh, Monday morning, July 9th. Uh, the biggest story, well, actually not necessarily here in the United States, but the biggest story around the world certainly is uh, the rescue of uh, the uh, 12 uh, boys and the one coach uh, from the soccer team in that cave in Thailand. Eight of the boys have been successfully rescued from the cave, and it's... Uh, I think just a question of I don't know how many hours uh, to go before the final rescue is done. It's phenomenal news. And then uh, the other big issue is going to be the decision. President Trump's decision as to who is going to be the nominee. And as of right now, we're hearing that the president is close to choosing a Supreme Court nominee. He said he hasn't yet, which uh, it's pretty close to the edge there, isn't there? Uh, but there is a world to this. Uh, let's start to, uh, start talking about uh, the four federal judges that are at the top of his short list. And he's effectively said it's going to come from those four. And uh, one, Brett Kavanaugh, then Thomas Hardiman, Raymond Kethledge, and Amy Conan Barrett. So 
uh, Hardiman, and, and these are all appeals court judges, uh, federal appeals court, and they all have a lot of experience, except Amy Coney Barrett, who's just recently been named on the Court of Appeals, and so she has a limited experience. She's only been there for a few months. All right, Hardiman, uh, the runner-up when uh, Trump uh, chose Neil Gorsuch, he was the second one, and he's gotten... Uh, a wave of attention, and uh, a lot of people are saying he's the guy because he was already number two. And at various times, Kavanaugh and Barrett and Kethledge, all of them have been seen as uh, leading candidates. And Trump loves the suspense. Man, this is reality show squared. I mean, it doesn't get better or this president than what's going on with this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pull back the curtain uh, tonight. Everybody's going to be in such anticipation. It's going to be extraordinary. It's going to be, as he would say, a beautiful thing to watch. And then in a moment, I want to spend a minute or two talking about simply the mechanics of this. So uh, this weekend, uh, Trump recounted, uh, recounted how he came close to selecting Hardiman And uh, there's another reason for selecting Hardiman, in addition that he was the runner-up, that he was recommended by the president's sister, retired federal judge Marianne Trump-Berry. They both served on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. The other thing that makes Hardiman a good choice is his working-class roots. He drove a taxi during his days as a law student at Georgetown University. He is uh, the first... A uh, member of his family to go to university, even, and it is he's got a compelling story. Uh, first of all, his work with his church in West Virginia and how he helped people seeking asylum. But wait a minute, he's helped people seek asylum from communist countries, which of course uh, the right loves. And uh, so, who has uh, the biggest problems? Actually, Kavanaugh who is considered way up there. Kavanaugh worked in uh, George W. Bush's White House. He was a staff secretary, which uh, is a position that controls documents that move across president's desk. And he has a problem. And why does he have a problem? Well, because he worked for the Bush administration. And George W. Bush, as well as every member of the Bush family, hates Trump. Hates him. And so, therefore, simply by that connection alone, I guess it's osmosis, where the hatred somehow just moves over into someone who is even peripherally connected. And I wonder how close that connection is before it ceases being important. One person, one person removed, who knows? So he's got some issues. Also, uh, Kavanaugh has some issues because he's not zealous enough in his rulings. And that is one of the things that the far right uh, is looking at, and that's the zealotry of the Supreme Court justice. Not only do they want someone who looks at Roe v. Wade in a negative light and looks at gun control in a positive light, but are is fanatic about it. And if that person isn't fanatic, we're talking about his uh, Trump's base, if that person isn't fanatic then is not an appropriate Supreme Court justice. And uh, so here's what's going on. I think it was, was it Kavanaugh that just said uh, that he, they're not going to undo Roe v. Wade. I don't think anybody is going to say they're going to undo it or particularly criticize Roe v. Wade right on point. What's going to happen is they will talk about 
uh, we're talking about any nominee, about the uh, the importance of stare decisis, which is precedent, and how it has to be looked at very carefully. And you will not see an out-and-out, out, I don't think so, an out-and-out out attack on Roe v. Wade. But what you will see are decisions that allow the states to make Roe v. Wade uh, yeah, virtually impossible to uphold. Just this chipping away at Roe v. Wade where de facto it doesn't exist anymore. And all based on, I think, religious grounds. Because the court, the new court, is going to give tremendous influence to religious arguments, religious freedom. For example, the cupcake case, the Colorado Baker. Actually, it's a wedding cake, but I'd rather have cupcakes as opposed to wedding cakes for uh, my wedding. And so you're going to see a lot of that going on where freedom of religion is going to take a much, much stronger position vis-a-vis serving the public. Birth control in pharmacies, that sort of thing, where people, where pharmacists saying absolutely not because it interferes with uh, my religious beliefs. All right. So that's what's going on. And here's what I want to share when we come back is just the procedural aspects. I mean, what's going to happen today? What is happening right now? Who has been chosen? I think the choice has already been made, incidentally. But what is happening to that person and the others who have been turned down, that's coming up. KFI AM 640, Jennifer Jones. It's just another manic Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's not Monday. Handle here and uh, the morning crew on a Monday, July 9th. Uh, we're waiting for the last of uh, the boys and the coach to be rescued out of Thailand. Looks like uh, this story is going to end spectacularly. All right, tonight at 6 o'clock, which we are carrying live here on KFI, uh, we will be uh, listening to the president announcing his choice of the next Associate Supreme Court Justice. Now, here's the question I have, uh, or I've been thinking about. So the president is on prime time, and at this point there are four choices, and of yesterday he has not yet announced, right? Well, I don't believe that, uh, or he had not yet decided, which I don't believe for a second. And here's why. Because if you notice, whenever a Supreme Court justice or any senior member of the administration is announced, uh, they're there at the White House, right? usually at the Rose Garden, and out comes the nominee or stands right next to the president who says, I am honored to yada, yada. Uh, and so who is it? There are four Front runners. We don't even know if uh, the president is going to pick someone who is not a front runner. I mean, that's happened before. Although it looks like it's virtually certain he's going to pick one of the four. So, who is it going to be? As of right now, the story has not broken. And it could be because the president has not yet decided, or if he has, he's not telling anybody. And that's that may be the case because he likes these kind of surprises. But if he has chosen, Then, and that judge is going to have to stand next to him. Think of how many reporters are at each justice's house or where the justices are. And they're not being followed like crazy. And you're probably talking about every major news organization has teams on the tail of every justice following them around. So who's getting on an airplane? Who is already in Washington? 
uh, is the justice, and this has happened before, uh, especially with uh, visits to North Korea, nobody knows Mike Pompeo's first couple of times. Right? He sneaks out the back door, gets, to, uh, gets into an unmarked Uber, drives off to some ex- just obscure, uh, obscure uh, airport and then moves over to Andrews, and nobody knows it's happening. So is the new justice on his way? Is it, is are all four going to be there? Which is kind of interesting because uh, this would be wild is I haven't picked one. I want all four of you in my office and you'll have sandwiches. I'll have pastries for you. Nice cup of coffee. I'll bring in Starbucks and I'm going to pick one. You're going to find out the same time everybody else is. Come on down. It's like Bob Barker, you know, come on, you know, one of these game shows. Come on down. I, it's, I can't even imagine what's going down with that. Does someone sneak out of their house with a Groucho mask, hoping that nobody will recognize that, uh, that justice? And virtually every time uh, a justice has been named or any senior official, they've always been there. So is the president going to make an announcement without anybody being there? Is someone on the way right now and that story is going to break? Is it possible that that justice, the potential nominee or the name nominee, is somehow getting to Washington without being either recognized or discovered? I think the recognized part is done. I mean, we don't know what these people look like, except now everybody in the media does. I just wonder what's going on with that. Do we know if anybody is in Washington or they're all in Washington right now? I'm wondering if uh, already they've been told to come to Washington and they will be notified. Maybe they're sitting in hotel rooms. We haven't gotten that information yet. And usually by now we know. The story is it has broken days earlier as to who the nominee is going to be. Uh, this is great stuff. It really is. And if nothing else, the president is masterful about this sort of thing. He understands drama in a way that no politician, well, he's not particularly a politician, but no public figure of this stature has ever understood drama. I mean, the guy is just tremendous at this. There's nobody better. All right, coming up, do they have a case? And then you'll answer the question uh, coming back. So feel free to interrupt because I'm fascinated by this, Alex. If anybody is is in Washington right now. All right, coming up. Do they have a case? Wayne is going to throw the cases at me. I've got my gavel. I love this. And it's time for Jennifer Jones Lee with a news You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Bill Handel. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is Judge Handel. All right, KFI Handel here. And uh, good morning. Uh, And before we get to uh, do they have a case with Wayne... I, I asked Alex to uh, give me a background real quickly on what happens uh, with the Supreme Court nominees and how do they stay secret. And especially when you have the four going down this morning in terms of who do we know and we don't yet. 
So uh, what happens? Well, first of all, Trump is not the only president to uh, reveal the Supreme Court nominee at the last moment. And as I said, it's usually right there when we find out is when the nominee is right next to the president. Uh, actually, there are, well, to avoid press attention and uh, leaks, for example, uh, Bill Clinton asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg to come to the White House on a weekend, come in through the back door for the interview, and then go to the private residence on the second floor, and the interview was not in the Oval Office. Uh, and there are other ways of doing this. Uh, President Reagan's former chief of staff points out there's a tunnel from the Treasury Department next door and an entrance through the Eisenhower Executive Office Building where the staff have their offices. And so, and I told you about the secret tra- uh, travels. Uh, Samuel Alito, his visit to the White House, it was a car, there was a weekend visit, uh, checking into a downtown hotel. Uh, going to a particular corner at a particular time, waiting for a car to pull up. I mean, it's flashing the headlights a couple of times. Oh, it was crazy. He said, I felt like a spy. Uh, and uh, uh, Sonia, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, somewhat uh, the same thing. Uh, the president said, don't take a plane to Washington. They didn't want to recognize. And uh, so uh, it was just total crazy how uh, they went ahead and... Uh, and we're, we're secretly put in. Now, this one, uh, Trump's going to take it to a whole new level. He is taking it to an entire new level. You are, if all four potential nominees are in Washington right now, there are four people in Groucho masks that are now walking around Washington, D.C., uh, I like your your theory is that he has already decided. I think but so. He ha- have- but But that he may not have told them which one yet uh, well if they're all in washington yeah uh because it's there well, we're still only nine hours away and what happens if there is some screw up with travel a plane is delayed so i don't know uh, how it goes um clarence thomas traveled in a government plane uh through andrews but uh and uh, but everybody knew most of the time most of the uh most of the justices are known All right. This is terrific stuff. We'll see what happens. I wish people could see your face right now. You really are very excited about this whole thing. I love this. The whole secrecy, the drama. I love it. Okay, now, uh, handle uh, or do they have a case? Wayne Resnick researches. I don't know what the cases are. You hear at the same time I do. And it's either a case that is about to be determined, has not yet been ruled on, or the appeals court is hearing it, or the appeals court has already ruled. All right, here we go. And uh, just so you know, we have three cases in a row all about judges. Okay. The first one, uh, it's a criminal trial, and it almost doesn't matter what the crime is, although you might find it interesting. It's a woman who owned an adoption agency, and she was allegedly matching multiple families to the same mother to get money from all the different families, and there's really only one baby available. Anyway, so... As happens in a lot of criminal cases, uh, you have discovery, of course, and sometimes, you know, the prosecutors turn over stuff kind of late in the game, even at the last minute. And sometimes this is perfectly harmless. They didn't have it. Like, we got this this morning. Here, you can have it tonight. Well, the trial is tomorrow. Well, we didn't even have it till this morning. So there were several instances where discovery was coming late to the defense, and they had a bunch of hearings about it. 
And uh, the judge ultimately, after too many of these, dismissed the indictment. Now, it probably would have not even been appealed, except for one thing that the judge said. At one point, he said to the prosecutor, who's a woman, you're supposed to know what you're doing. You're supposed to be the one thinking of stuff. That's okay. And then he said, it was a lot simpler when you guys wore dark suits, white shirts, and navy ties. We didn't let girls do it in the old days. So the government appealed the dismissing of the indictment saying, he shouldn't have dismissed this. He's sexist. Look what this yeah. look what he said to this female prosecutor. What? But there were multiple times when discovery was provided late. Right. So, what do you think the appeals court said here about this judge and him dismissing the indictment? All right. So, uh here's the simple logic, but you never know what an appeals court's going to say. Uh have had they dismissed it based on the multiple times that was an excessive number of times. That's legitimate. Dismissing it just because the judge talked about when we had guys here, uh, it was much better. I don't think that's enough of a connection to establish that's why the judge went that way. And the ruling against the government based on or even partially based on his sexist attitude. You can be sexist and not have any problem with uh, the underlying law. That's how I rule. Oh, I put, turned it the wrong way. Do it again. Here we go. Uh, that's how I would rule. But if the court ruled the other way, it's the guys in the robes. Overturned and case reassigned to another judge. Jeez. See, they that, did not like that. I understand at they didn't all. like. Was there any this uh, any conversation about the nexus here? Well, what they said was that it was obviously this attitude that he had that made him biased about how bad these violations were. See, I don't, I, I don't see the connection. I really don't. Uh, him just simply saying it was better when the guys had the suits and it was better when men doing that. Okay, so what? That doesn't, under, I think the same thing would have happened uh, if it, if was it had all, been a guy and he just wouldn't have said that. Uh, it's hard to know, though, absolutely. whether he, because it was a woman, whether he felt that what she was no, doing was even worse. No, or, I, or, I get it. No, I understand. Yeah. With uh, But I just don't know how, how the judge made that connection yeah. other than the justices wanted to make that connection. Probably. They probably a, wanted to send a message yeah, that probably. you can't talk like that from the bench. Yeah. And th that's the problem with society today. They let women be judges they let Handle. women be lawyers. Handle. They let women oh, no. fly an air, you know, pilots. Handle. They do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me, oh, let me tell you how depressing it is when you see a woman pilot get on an airplane. You go, oh, God. especially, I'm okay with the co-pilots. I mean, that's, oh, but, my God. I think four, but four stripes. Uh, when you go to a fine restaurant, is it, is it, you don't want the head chef to be a man, but it's okay if like the pastry chef is a woman? Yes. God, I hope if he ever gets Pastry, held off the flight, it's because a female pilot. Because baking is a woman's <gasps> I job. I knew he was going to uh, say that. It's okay if they're in the kitchen. Okay. This would be a great time to take uh, a little break. Why don't we do that? Jennifer. Yeah. I found my way, right time, wrong place, as I bled my Uh, we finish Handle. Well, actually, we finish uh, Do They Have a Case with Wayne Resnick. 
Big stories that we're covering, of course, the Thai rescue. And towards the end of the day, I think we are going to hear the great news that all have been rescued, the last five. And also, yep, fingers crossed. That's right, Wayne. And uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, the announcement, who is going to be the new SCOTUS? Do you have a, a – are you pulling for somebody that no. you'd like to see? No, because it's – no, they're all it's they're all super conservative. It's going to change the court for the next generation. I'm not in love with anybody. I think uh, that Amy Bartlett, I think is her name, is the best-looking one by a long shot. They're actually all pretty good-looking. Have you noticed that? There, was a, there, there was aren't a, any really ugly, ugly uh, justices. There was an article specifically analyzing the fact that Donald Trump really factors physical appearance Maybe. into a lot of his decisions about people. They're all, yes, when you think about all the heads. And Gorsuch? Yeah, when you think about the, exactly, when you think about the, the department heads that he has named, I mean, Christine Nelson, very attractive woman. Uh, you've got uh, the... Uh, who else? There's a few other ones that don't come to my, that uh, don't come to mind right now. But he likes good-looking people. Uh, All right, let's go on. All right, we got another judge here, uh, and he—it's a state judge who's suing the state supreme court in Arkansas because they said you can no longer have anything to do with any death penalty cases. Now, why would they say that? Well, let's talk about this judge. His name is Wendell Griffin. He was a Baptist minister before he was elected a judge. And his views on the death penalty started coming out uh, about a year and a half ago. He wrote a blog post and he said, premeditated and deliberate killing of defenseless persons, including defenseless persons who have been convicted of murder, is not morally justifiable. Then on Good Friday uh, of last year, he participated in an anti-death penalty rally at the Capitol, then a prayer vigil outside the governor's mansion against the death penalty. And during this vigil, he laid down on a cot. Oh, yeah, that was, I remember that case. You remember that? Yeah. To be, okay, now, the same day, the very same day, a uh, drug distributor sued the state of Arkansas, which bought some of their drugs to use in executions. They sued the state and said, hey... We didn't know this is right. what you were going to do with them, and we want them back. And, uh, and the case went to this judge. He immediately issued a restraining order on the state. You can't use any of the drugs. So the attorney general went to the state Supreme Court and said, this guy cannot be hearing this case or any death penalty case because he is so on record as being yeah. so biased against the death penalty. So they said, no more right. death penalty. He sued them in federal court saying, you violated my First Amendment rights by doing this. Oh, he loses. He absolutely the bias is so obvious that it actually you question whether he can even be objective in judging cases like that. And either way, it would have gone either way. Had he been so in favor of the death penalty, he would have gone to that extent because a judge has to be completely objective and cannot be uh, in the least bit biased, especially when you're dealing with the death penalty case. I think that even exacerbates the problem even more so. Judge loses. Yes, the legal doctrine of U-R-S-O-L. Now, there's just two little things I'll add. They said all of the things you said, and they added two other things. They said, and by the way, nothing has actually happened to you. You still have your job. You still have your salary. Nothing really. What's really happened? They have basically changed 
your assigned duties at your job. Right. So no, what do you no, th- no standing. What's the harm to you? Right. No standing. Okay, we can do one more really quickly. All right. Uh Cop sees a guy walking down the street. There's two other guys with him. The guy that we're talking about is drunk. The other two are not drunk. They're walking down the street, and he stops them, and he says, hey, stop walking. The two guys stop. The drunk guy keeps walking for a little bit. He gets out of the car, the cop. He comes up to the guy. He pulls out his taser. The guy. Then he says, show me your hands. The guy shows him his hands. Then he says, go back towards my car. The guy starts walking back towards his car. Then the guy turns around. And he points to the house and he goes, oh, by the way, that's my house over there. The cop immediately tases him. No warning, no nothing. He gets sued. He says, qualified immunity on me. Did he get qualified immunity for tasing a guy with no warning who was stopped for a nonviolent misdemeanor who was not fleeing or resisting and who had just showed him that he had no weapons in his hands. I would, at that point, say, uh, yes, the cop was wrong. And the secret was, I believe, no weapons in his hands. And the cop already knew there was no weapon. Had the cop not known that he had no weapon uh, and he just turned and started pointing, boom. It would, have, a matter of fact, he probably would have been justified in shooting the guy. But at this point, cop is good. Well, cop is bad. Cop is wrong. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he's going to have to be sued uh, yes, on the merits absolutely. of the thing. Cop ah, very good. All right, you're yep. two for three today. Yeah, I was, yeah. And the, thir- and the other one. And the, the other one, one is one of those crazy. Yeah, it you know. was crazy. All right, uh, Gary. Speaking of one of those crazy. Yeah, Gary Gary and Shannon. Gary Shannon. Yes. That's why <laughs> so my father used to always refer to both Mark and I as Marky William. And we had to know just by inflection who is who. Hey, at least he got the names right. I did. My, my grandmother never got the names right. That happens all the time. Uh, all right, so we have eight down, five to go in this uh, Thailand cave rescue, which is just a fascinating look at what, I, I don't know, I could never, I would never be able, if I, first of all, I wouldn't go into a cave two and a half miles deep just to scrawl my name on the wall, but second, they would have to drug me up so high to get me that's out of that I'm, thing. That's what I'm thinking is we find out, because if, if they're being dragged, the kids are being dragged well, I don't know about it. the drag. Or, might be a. Uh, all right, no, you're right. Uh, but, but I, but I, just the idea of being that cla- and I'm yeah. not a claustrophobic person. But you, you are there. Yeah, yeah. and it, the moment that one of these kids starts freaking and, out, yeah, it's tough. So I would imagine they'd have to give him a half a Xanax or I something would think. like that to get him out. Think, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about a vicious cornhole injury that was suffered. Someone's now suing for more than a quarter million dollars. For a cornhole injury. You know what cornhole is? You don't even know what cornhole is. Oh, I know exactly what it is, but it's probably not what I'm thinking about. Probably not. And then the Newport Beach Police Department suspended their regular Twitter activity over the weekend to tell the story of a 45-year-old cold case. A little 11-year-old girl, Linda O'Keefe, was kidnapped and murdered 45 years ago. And they told her story from a first-person perspective via Twitter with pictures of evidence from the case, of her disappearance, and trying to crack this cold case 45 years later. It's very fascinating and a very creative way to do it. So we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, all of that coming up uh, with uh, Gary and uh, Shannon. Also tonight at 6 o'clock, which you're going to be announcing uh, all day. KFI is covering live uh, the presidential announcement as to who the new Supreme Court nominee is. And uh, Gary and Shannon, welcome back, by the way. Oh, thank you're, you. You're now back full blast, right? Uh, we don't have any time off until 2020, 
actually. February of 2020 is our next time off. Well, that's fantastic. I would do the same thing. You you got it. You liar. (laughs) All right. Gary, have a good show. Thank you, sir. Handle in the morning crew. This is KFI.